I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 26 and preview of round 27. This episode is brought to you by Uncle Ted's Paint Shop, celebrating its mo- this month's value color, Geiger Red. Uh, no, no, no. Um, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by usual co-host, Mike Denton. Unfortunately, Blaine can't be with us tonight because he's on call, has him one of those adult job things he has to tend to tonight. Uh, but we'd also like to welcome our special guest, a veteran fantasy writer, and uh, now, also having a big adult job, BattleBot designer, Phil Luchford. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> doing well, doing well. Very good, Reed. I think, I think your adult job beats Blaine's adult job. Maybe maybe even all of our adult jobs. What would you say, Mike? I mean, I mean, a lawyer, being a lawyer is kind of like being a BattleBot, but without <laughs> like any kind of coolness. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Battlebot designer is a hobby. That's where my money goes. Where my <laughs> <nuclear> <laughs> I mean, engineer, security. battlebot designer. It seems pretty much the same thing. Yeah. That's that's For sure. All. That's what yeah. engineers do in their spare time is build battlebots. Is build battlebots. Hey, I I believe it. I definitely believe it. I mm-hmm. just have various random hobbies, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, let's talk about round twenty six. Uh, rivalry week a big big pumped up talk about it uh kind of a letdown i don't know um lots of low scores some some games had some excitement too then we'll talk about that in just a second uh, we'll, we'll cover our fantasy takes first but did, did you guys get really excited by this week uh you know but by the time this rivalry week comes around i mean i know for you know the new york derby it's the fourth time we've played so it's like all right we're doing this again I hope we just get it over with and hopefully get a result and just get it over with. Uh, it, it, you you kind of don't have that same hype. I mean, there were a lot of good defos this week, but I mean, this yeah. is kind of, to me, a typical rivalry week where it was very cagey, had a lot of draws. I mean, I think I, I was I'm calling it Heineken draw week for most of the week. <laughs> um, but and we had a ton of one, one ugly draws. So yeah, I mean, basically teams going in there, trying not to lose, but, Maybe not doing a whole lot to win. Kind kind of disappointing. You had a few good ones in there, but um, a lot of lot of rough games. Yep. I think it's uh, strange whenever you're talking about your few good ones being the beat down up at the Rocky Mountains and uh, then a huge comeback with Vancouver San Jose. So that's, uh, that's yeah. And I mean, maybe you can. Th- uh, I don't know if you would say good, but at least interesting is Seattle beating Portland. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'm. I think I saw some make some comments about it on Twitter. We'll get to that one in a second. But let's talk about our fantasy scores, guys. Uh, that's what people have come to hear. So let's start right there and then move on to some of our general comments. Uh, Mike, how'd you do this week? Uh not too bad. Ninety six, um, which wasn't one of the higher scores, but I think puts me right in the competitive 
uh, range, maybe a little bit above average, to, depending on how some, some people score. Um, did pretty well. I mean, with the Red Bulls players I picked, um, I had Adams over Kaku, which was a little bit of a miss. I captained BWP, which wasn't as good as some of the other picks because he only got eight because he had a only got two plus a yellow card in his last game. So that was a bit of a dud. But um, Elliot off the bench in the auto rue did well for me. Uh, Phil Hauber was a total dud. He's kind of fallen off the past few weeks, but hit with Burke, Martinez, and Sinovich. So, yeah, can't complain all around. Phil? Uh, 95, um, which was enough to beat Blaine in my head-to-head. So that's mm-hmm. worth it. Um, I had uh, four Red Bulls. They all did pretty well. Uh, my dud was uh, Victor Vasquez, who came off in the 62nd minute, even though uh, Toronto had three goals. He had no uh, – Goals or assists, so that was a little disappointing. But I did have uh, Giovinco. That was uh, the difference in uh, Blaine and my matchup, and that's what put me over the top. You have a good pickup this week. Maybe yeah. maybe he'll be good going forward. We'll see. Okay. Uh, as for myself, pretty good week. Uh, had 100 points. Uh, week rank 208. Uh, overall rank myself now is 103, climbing back in. I'm, I'm just fearful that I'm going to have yet another heartbreak where I just missed that my top 100 goal by a point or two again, but a hundred points for me, uh, pretty good, pretty solid score. If you are in that hundred to maybe low one twenties range, I think that's where you were looking for to, to really see some, some point rises this week. So triple digits, pretty good, pretty good. High nineties also pretty good, depending on where you are right now. Uh, a lot of my players did pretty well. I'm happy for my defense. Again, very rare that I get to say that uh, Sinovic, Lawrence, Rosenberry, a little bit of bobbles there with Robles in the first game. Didn't get that double clean sheet like I had hoped for, but still came away with 10 points. Uh, Royer did well for me. I switched off of Adams near uh, the start of the game round. Uh, I'd had that BWP flop for me as well. Had Legette and Elliott on my bench that came in for 16 points right there. Had a little bit of uh, hedging my bets with a Philadelphia clean sheet. So, um, okay, it was – it was pretty good. Hoped a bit more from a few people, especially Brad Wright Phillips, as you already mentioned, Mike. Uh, really thought some more was going to come out of that. My value right now is a little bit over 115 million. I uh, picked up about five million from this game here. So if you guys are in that same range, I talked about this in my article last week at MLS Soccer. It's, it's time to switch over. If you're in that 115 range, forget about focusing on building your value. Look for those point gains, those guys with with uh, the lower floors or the guys with the high ceilings. Uh, 115's a good area. You can still find the guys that are going to give you those rises at the same time, but go for the points now. It's time to switch over as we're winding down for this season. Let's talk about the rest of these games, guys. Uh, starting out, have to, the New York Derby. Um, it left New York City, I'm sorry, Mike, seeing red not just from the Red Bulls, but from red cards. Holy crap, what was going on with that game, Mike? I'm trying to think of what I can say that would make it onto air at MLSsoccer.com. Um, <laughs> Stuff. I mean, I, I, Uncle, the problem with him is that I don't think he's very good at the rivalry games. He tends to lose control. I mean, he had four red cards this week, two in Colorado, and I, I haven't seen the highlights from the Colorado game. Yep. But, I mean, when you're just throwing red cards like that, I think there's some element of loss control. Um, now, the first red card, he was absolutely right. Amagat deserved it. I don't know 
you know, I hadn't seen Amagat play for us before that. I don't know why his first appearance in MLS was starting against our toughest rival after seeing him for 30 minutes. I hope to never see him on the field again. Um, I mean, it was that bad. He, he looked so slow, and especially when you're seeing highlights of James Sands and Louisville do amazing things. Yeah. Really frustrating. But uh, moving aside from the Play Your Kids movement, um, you know, the second red was between him and Geiger. I was just very baffled by it. I mean, I don't think uh, Ofori had any clue that he was stepping on Bright Larry Phillips, so I don't think that was a clear and obvious red card. And then when you're starting to throw reds, then Lawrence – you know, punches Tinner Holman in the throat, and that's somehow not a red. You know, that's how you lose controls of the of, of the game. And so, uh, or the game which had been very interesting up until that point, just totally spun out of control. And so, uh, I think this is another example of just pro not having the experience uh, in the big games. That's kind of something I've been thinking about: is like, why is pro having so much trouble? And to me, it's because the games have begotten higher stakes because you've got bigger players, more competitive players who are. You're having more intense games, and I don't think they're able to handle it a lot of times. Yeah, I, I don't think this is inappropriate for us to talk about with fantasy. Maybe some people are thinking about that right now. Um, and I don't think that's an unfair comment to maybe say somebody let a rivalry game get away with them. Uh, we mentioned I mentioned this just as a joke in our Brought to You By, but um, considering the history of, of referees and, and how – they maybe, in one person's opinion, might let a game go away, or do they have a tendency to throw out a lot of yellow cards? You can get some of those stats online, and, and that's not something we focus a lot here on the show. Maybe we can, coming up next season, to talk about the likelihood of a referee to to penalize players. It hits your fantasy score, and yeah. you mentioned it, Mike, last week about how uh, both Uncle and Geiger have some history of doing things like this. Uh, usually turns more controversial in the fan sense, as, as people are out there uh, talking about regular soccer news uh but for us it impacts us with some of these negatives or or the ejection so i mean i i think considering how a referee controls a game is is very uh advanced or just appropriate for for fantasy players to think about and especially when you get into penalties if you have a ref who tends to point to the spot which ted uncle tends to point to the spot i think we talked about that last week um i don't think he did at least well he did in the derby i don't know if he did in uh the rocky mountain cup I i don't think he did but I mean, that's a huge thing. So if you know a ref is more apt to give a penalty, then you start to look a little bit closer at the penalty takers. There's statistics on this on who scored. Um, there's a referee statistics tab, and you can sort by penalties per game and yellows and reds per game. Um, Ted is 8th out of 20 in penalties per game. 0.42. Hmm, pretty good. Yeah, we'll have to look into that some more for next season. I think that could be a, a fun little stat to, to jump the, into. The professional gamblers definitely look at um, reds per game. They look at uh, the frequency of cards that referees give out. So yeah. I know that for mm-hmm. a fact. There we go. Uh, other fantasy takeaways to get from this game. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips and Royer both came away with points for BWP. Already mentioned not as many as we would hope, but he is still getting on some of that score sheet right there. Adams, though, not far behind um, from listening to the show last week. He was a player that several of us were considering has a good floor and he has the potential uh, to be a little bit of a deep line playmaker there at times to help them out. Unfortunately, there was that Robles bobble. He has come what out. Mean, unfortunately, that. the heck are you talking about? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Fantasy wise, <laughs> fantasy wise, Mike, double clean sheets. 
There is no fantasy where Robles keeps a clean sheet against New York City. Not my. I don't have those fantasies, Reed. <laughs> well, but, but don't do. be too rough on uh, Robles. He had a, a gorgeous save on Davi Villa later. Yeah, he made up, for made up for it. He made. I was even mad. It was that good of a save. It was just like, dang. Indeed. <laughs> I can't wait till you go to Chicago next year. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have another derby. We got another fan right here. The Texas Derby, Houston versus Dallas. A uh, bit of a dub, but coming up a bit of a rematch this week, Phil. How does that factor into uh, your thoughts? Yeah, so this is the second out of three um, games in the Texas Derby this year. Um, the first one was at Houston, and I got to travel back in July for that. And uh, we came away with a draw there. And then this is the second game again at Houston. And a draw, that's an okay result. I mean, I thought we had it won since uh, Barrio scored in the 83rd minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, gave away, a, I guess it was a pretty good shot. I thought it was savable, um, but it seems like both of our goalies are letting in savable shots these days. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not sure who will start on any given day for Dallas in goal because uh, we went from Gonz- Mauer to Gonzalez back to Mauer. Um, so that's a little bizarre, uh, but I am looking forward to um, this Saturday. We're going to have the final game in the Derby. It's at home. And uh, so I think we'll get the win and get the cannon back. There we go. Yep. Surrounded by two Derby guys tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kentucky man, Derby. I got to be Derby all the way. I have to mention this. It's already been talked about a bunch. Mike shot it down as one of my brought to you guys this week because it was just too <laughs> simple. Martinez is the king of goals. We saw it coming last year. We knew it was going to happen this year. Um, Martinez just got his 28th and he's going to get more. Um, over 30, I'm thinking, at least for this guy for the rest of the season. But still, I have to say, I was pretty impressed with the defense that Orlando did put up after that that set-piece goal came in for LGP. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, held, they held pretty tough until the 74th minute right there. So there was the 21st to the 74th. They had a, a good defense. Now, a lot of it was, as some people commented uh, on chats I was in, when you throw 10 guys back, of course you're going to have yeah. a defense. Well, I mean – that that's a viable strategy. I think when you're going up against an offensive team like Atlanta, you turtle up, look for that counter and and try to go for it. Um, Maybe some things to come for Orlando with a new coach right there at the helm coming in from Louisville, but uh, potential options. Maybe Uh, Orlando had has uh, at defense in the right situation. I don't know. Maybe a bit. Uh, It also depends if for them for fantasy, if Spectre can get healthy, Um, they're much better when Spectre plays. Yeah, so I, I'm actually looking forward to see Orlando next year under this new coach and uh, to go forward. There could have some nice changes, I think, as he starts to get his personnel in there. But uh, congrats to Martinez right there. Of course, fantasy-wise, um, he's he's always in the conversation, even on the road now, as a play you may want to have on your bench, especially if your budget continues to grow. El Trafico. Uh, I was really surprised by this game on both sides. I did not think much for the Galaxy going in with all their injuries, and I thought that uh, LAFC was just going to boss the game. But Galaxy played pretty well, I thought, and and maybe that caught LAFC off guard. I don't know what you guys thought of that game. Overall, though, I thought near the end there was just a lack and a loss of midfield play, and it just seemed like it was back and forth, back and forth, which I'm sure was fun people being there but i was just watching like geez come on get get something going this is all right let's maybe get some points out of this do you guys check check that game out i saw a little bit towards the end of that game um 
but I mean, to, to me, the surprise there was uh, all the news about Simon. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have affected LAFC in the way they play because I, I know he's kind of a big part in getting that team started uh, from the back because they don't have a defensive midfielder. I mean, they've been playing Phil Haber and Win. Um, it's kind of like a pivot up there. But um, I, th- I think it's been really, I think it really kind of hurt him this game because I, from what I'm gathering from the reports, it was kind of unexpected that this transfer thing was going on and kind of hit him late. So. I think they were kind of off kilter going into this game because they really should have done better with LA Galaxy's injuries. You heard that it was unexpected because everyone knew he's in his last year of his contract and this would be the time to move him on. I thought they uh, they planned for it with the purchase of this Danilo Silva guy. Well, it might be. I, I didn't realize. I don't know if they knew that it was going to happen now. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not true, but it, it seemed to me that they just didn't have – a plan that he was going to be out for this game. Right? Yep. And if they did, it wasn't a very good one. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it happens. Uh, it was uh, a great year, I guess, for the El Trafico and it must've been a fun game to watch right there. We'll, we'll talk to Matt Pollard in a, in a few weeks and, and get his take on that one as well. Uh, Rocky mountain high scoring right there. Zero to six. Uh, <laughs> well, for one of the teams, it's high score. For, for one of for one of the teams, yeah, zero six. Real Salt Lake just dominates in that game. Everybody got it on the scoring. Not much, I think, to say about this fantasy wise, except for don't don't jump on this. It's it's Colorado. It's this game has always been chippy in the past. So um, just still hold back. Congrats to Jason, though. That's a pretty solid win for his guys right there. Uh, another solid win. Vancouver comes back to defeat San Jose, this is why you don't pick people from San Jose. <laughs> this this very thing right here, uh, it's crazy. And why Vancouver is just so unpredictable and not also good picks with fantasy, giving up those goals and then coming back and rallying for that. A wild game. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Kind of wish I would have uh, just because of this comeback. Have a, a rematch coming up this next round, so keep an eye on that one as well. And then finally, I'm just going to also say – uh, disappointing in in DC as well to uh, to wrap this whole roundup for me. Uh, hoping for more for that, both from DC and from the Red Bulls. If if there were going to be, I, I guess I should have. I, I knew New York City FC and Red Bulls would have some some goals, but I thought there would be some some more right there with DC as well. Maybe get some goals both ways. DC is really not scored in a game, and then it's just one zero, and I'm kind of like, well, all right. There it goes. Did not watch the Portland Timbers Seattle Sounders game, though. I think that's where my excitement would have been for the end. A little bit of controversy there at the end. You guys uh, want to talk about that? Uh, what, what controversy? Uh, with who got the goal? From what I was seeing, as people were oh, saying. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's Rudy has goal. Yeah, I thought but it I was live, but I don't know they've, if they've changed it yet. I guess they didn't change it in time for fantasy. No, I don't believe. On my last look, that had changed. So uh, I saw some of that going around online, people being like, where are these points? That's clearly his goal. Uh, but, you know, Cascadia. How <laughs> Cascadia is. be fun times right there, though. But we didn't get what was uh, – oh, I forgot what Tim was saying. Was he think Deuce comes on there with like 20 minutes to go and scores the winning goal, something like that? Yeah, that that was me. Um, that was you. Okay. That was me. <laughs> so, so that didn't come true. Uh, it doesn't seem like Deuce can get on the field anymore. Mm-hmm. But – so that I mean, of course, Seattle will take the own goal as it stands just as well. 
gotta gotta go with what you can. Uh, that was round twenty six for me. Like I said at the beginning, not a lot really happened here. These draws, a uh, kind of a, a slow starter of a of a rivalry week. Anything you guys want to add in here, fantasy wise, that you've taken away that uh, is important? Uh, Giovinco brace uh, against yeah. Montreal. I think it's a you know good sign for them as they're trying to ramp up and make a charge into the playoffs. Um, I mean, Philly did beat New England, which um, I don't think either of those teams look great, although I think Philly is clearly the favorite to make it into the playoffs as things stand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not, not not a whole lot. Um, maybe a bad draw for Columbus against Chicago. I think that's the rest of the week. <laughs> we did talk about that game last week as well, how Columbus has had had some some – struggles on the road chicago's not been struggling as well and, and that's why that was a game that uh, was on kind of our do not touch radar at the beginning yeah. i saw a few people share some teams that had some of those players on there and i made the same recommendation just not the greatest lineup with uh, or matchup between those two teams at that time and that's kind of what you'd expect from that kind of a game uh just a little bit of a let's talk guys before we move on to our housekeeping section getting near the end <coughs> of the season uh which teams are you guys kind of riding off are they the same that we've been talking about kind of all season mentioned San Jose a little bit ago yeah. right there, mm-hmm. which, which teams were you once hopeful for that you're now starting to sort of be like, you know what? I'm done with that. No more Phil. Um, San Jose for sure. Um, staying in the West Colorado. Well, I guess I was never really hopeful for them, but um, <laughs> Houston, I thought would be a playoff team this year and they seem to be falling apart. Um, so I, Elise and Kyoto were picks, like, were elite attackers. And um, I don't know what their, I guess, I think their motivation should be for the Open Cup final. And, um, or not the Open Cup, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, they, I mean, they don't have, they don't have anything left to play for for playoffs. So, yeah, you're thinking of the Open Cup. Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, uh, what's the date on that? Uh, 26 or something of September. It's the last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it's a few more weeks then. Uh, but I would be watching out for that. They should rest their players leading up to that, and um, yeah, get that because they're they're out. Of, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, so nothing left to play for. Um, a Minnesota without Quintero, there. I mean, I oh yeah, there's nobody to pick mm-hmm. on that team if Quintero's out. Um, so that's the status of the teams in the West. Mike, you want the East? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I think the, you start with Chicago. Um, I think we knew they would regress a little bit, but I don't think we saw them being so uh, bad. Um, I mean, they're pretty much a joke. They're off in the next three and a half weeks, going to go play a testimonial for Schweinsteiger, but I don't think any of us are going to miss them. Uh, I don't think they've any of their picks, any of their players have been fantasy viable, uh, except for maybe Schweinsteiger at the beginning there. Um, also, Orlando. I mean, you, you put Sasha Kleshton and Dom Dwyer and Miram. I was expecting at least to be contending for the playoffs, if nothing else. Um, the, the fact that they're pretty much out of it uh, in August, and honestly they've been out of it for a month longer than that, is to me shocking. And I, I don't think anyone has a really good answer for why it just hasn't worked out um, other than the defense hasn't gelled and Sasser and Dwyer and whoever they're playing with have just never gotten on the same page. Um, I think maybe New England is getting into that category. I don't think I would pick any of their players um i think that's probably it from the um the east i mean you know maybe a piatti on montreal but there's not a whole lot there 
Uh, I, I pretty much agree with Phil in the West. I, I think those are the teams are right off. Yeah, I think Phil nails the West. Uh, I agree with Chicago and Orlando, Mike, with the East. Not as quick for New England. Um, they're, they're right there on that bubble for, for making it into the playoffs. That could give them some of the encouragement that they need to, to maybe be able to get some of those results in the closing rounds. Um, but they have kind of struggled with that fantasy production, had some of those characteristics of teams like San Jose and, and Vancouver that of unpredictability that have not always been great fantasy producers. So, uh, But with them so close, I'm not ready to write New England off yet. But I think New England, D.C., and Toronto all have that shot still to maybe displace Montreal, maybe even displace Philadelphia if they hit a rough stretch right there. But um, I think there's still some, some – uh, some skin in the fight that could translate this fancy points, but that's yeah. just me. They, they would not be high on my want list at times, uh, but there's still some guys I wouldn't just write off yet for me. Well, teams on the bubble would be highly motivated. So those are actually some of the guys you would want to go f- to potentially target. Yeah. I mean, in, in the West, we didn't talk about the bubble teams, but I mean, it's pretty much Portland and Vancouver right there. Minnesota, 29 points, not nine away. And with their, their form and need for, yeah, they're, they're pretty much gone, but Vancouver, Portland, one point away off of LA galaxy from getting in there. Uh, One point also away from Seattle. So it's a Cascadia rivalry trying to make it into the playoffs. That's, that's intense right there. Housekeeping time. Games start this week. This is round 27. Starts on Wednesday, August the 29th at 8 o'clock p.m. So be sure to get all of your transfers set by then and ready to go, or at least those teams that are playing double game weeks get set by then so you don't miss out on those points. Who are those teams, you ask? Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, We have the New York Red Bulls. We have Houston, who are playing a double away game. We have D.C. United, who's playing a double home game. Philadelphia, who is also playing a double away game. Then we have San Jose, Dallas, Portland, and finally Toronto. We also have three teams that are on a bye this week. We've got Minnesota, Colorado, and Chicago. So if you're looking for teams at, as uh, players to help you with the switcheroos or your keeperoos or your transferoos, whatever kind of roo you want to do, those are the guys you want to go for. Mike and I were talking about before the show started how it can be kind of a bummer trying to just find the players from the last couple of teams playing to try to squeeze in your switcheroos and just hoping that their guy's not going to come in as like a, a two or three minute sub and just completely screw everything up. So uh, three good options this week, especially Minnesota and Colorado for some cheap players to help uh, get your switcheroos uh, going. Patreon plug. Thanks everyone uh, for contributing and being a member of our Patreon group. Yesterday I received uh, the big order of U.S. Postal flat rate boxes that I ordered a little bit over a week ago at the house. So uh, with hope this next weekend, I'm going to get a lot of that stuff packed up. I'm hoping I get my bubble wrap in as well to get those glasses protected. And also got the revised art submitted to uh, uh, Sticker Mule, where we get the, the stickers from for the show, the die cut stickers. A little bit bigger this year than last year, again, having some resolution issues that we were dealing with trying to make that work and the art that we went with is mls fantasy insider logo with a star above it that's right we're giving ourselves some silverware right here giving ourselves a star uh, with a little bit of 2017 right there to indicate which year it was hopefully that's something we'll be able to keep moving forward as a uh, a regular design of the sticker and then you can keep track 
of all the years you've been a member of uh, of our group. I think you're going to get one of those filled this year. All right. If they come That's in, great. if they come in, whenever they, I've, I've got them ordered. So I apologize for the delay and getting all that stuff out there. You guys are so awesome for your patience and for your continued support to help make this an awesome project and community. For those of you listening who may not know what Patreon is, it's a way for you to give back to the show to help support it so that we can keep making it and uh, offering the prizes and the cool little things like the scarves and pint glasses that we send off to everybody. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And now Mike with the injury news. Uh, not too much on the injury front. Uh, let's see. Axel Holberry's out for two to three weeks. Um, probably weren't going to have him anyway. Uh, no timetable on when Quintero is going to get back. Um, let's see. Uh, Vinko had Giovinco had been struggling with a groin before uh, training this week, but obviously it didn't prevent him from getting a brace. But since they have a double game week coming up, kind of keep an eye on that, especially since they're going to turf from uh, Portland. I'm kind of skeptical that he plays. Um, Vasquez also had a cortisone shot in his knee, and as Phil mentioned um, at the top, he came off it's after 62 minutes, so kind of doubtful he plays at Portland either. Uh, let's see. For New York City, uh, we talked about the red cards for Ofori and Amagat, uh, but also Burgett played for a total of eight minutes and had to come off. Kind of looked like uh, maybe a knee injury. Um, I don't haven't heard a timetable yet, so I don't think it's too serious. Um We'll talk a little bit more about Phil about this, but Lamar and Ziegler had knocks in training, and neither of them played this week, so we'll see if they're available for the double game week. Uh, Ousted, the backup keeper for DC United, uh, underwent an elbow surgery, so he's out uh, six weeks, so you don't have to worry. Bill Hamid is definitely going to be the starter there. For Seattle, Rodriguez hurt his hamstring, uh, didn't play on Sunday. Uh and then we are getting close to that good old time of international call-ups. Uh, Sporting Kansas City will have Salloway and Russell out for their match against Orlando. Obviously not next week, but I think maybe the week after. Uh, and then, uh, as we talked about earlier, Lawrence Simon is on his way to being sold. There's conflicting reports about whether or not he's been sold or will be sold. But regardless, I don't think he's playing for LAFC again. So that's the injury news. Oh, and uh, Mears for um, Minnesota United is leaving for England. So if you had, for some reason, wanted to pick Mears from Minnesota United, you can't do so anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can, but he's just uh, not going to play. He's a good, he's a good switcheroo candidate. Yeah, so that could really work for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, thank you so much for those uh, injury news. Uh, everyone, please share your injury reports with Mike so we can keep spreading the good word of those unfortunate events that keep players out of uh, their teams. Let's move on to round 27, our game previews. A big double game week right here, guys. So, of course, we're going to start out with our double game week team-by-team team review, starting out with the New York Red Bulls. Sorry, Mike, but I'm going to give this one to you. Start out versus Houston and then travel to Montreal. I mean, I think the big question for them is – where the rotation is and how fit they are after having a double game week last week. Uh, clearly, they're going to be favorites in both of these games. I would expect these to be multiple goal wins, uh, particularly for Houston, with Houston having a Texas Derby back at home and them not really having a whole lot of play for. I don't see them killing themselves to play against the Red Bulls. Uh, I kind of expect a lot of rotation from Houston in that game. Um, and so if the Red Bulls do put out a good lineup, uh, I think they will have a lot of success. Uh, same as against Montreal, even though the styles don't really work super well for the Red Bulls, 
I think Montreal's had enough struggles that I think the Rebels will be successful. But you know, you we asked the question 120 minute potential. I'm not really sure. I could see a lot of rotation. I'm personally expecting them to play a lot more in the first game and then rotate the second game when they're on the road. But I mean, we'll see how Chris Arnis uh, does it. He's been kind of weird as far as the rotations. Um, I mean, honestly, I think everyone is at risk to rotate, rotate just because they had a double game week last week. I don't think you can say anyone is a certainty for no rotation, uh, except for maybe Robles. But, um, you know, even guys like Adams and BWP, who played a lot of minutes, uh, I, I think are on the on the block. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Red Bulls are going to be good picks even with that rotation risk, but don't ex- expect them to start both games. All right, uh, moving on, let's get Houston. Uh, they start out at New York Red Bulls, and then they are at uh, Dallas as well. So double road game right there. A lot of travel back and forth for them. Uh, general thoughts for me on this game, uh, don't pick Houston. Those That's my general thought, pretty much my only thought from this game. I, I think Mike nails it. Traveling to New York with that first game, don't kill themselves on that trip. Do some rotations. Try to figure out what they want to do. Um, I, I can see them definitely just phoning that one in. Try to save up a little bit for the New York Derby, though it's New York Derby for the Texas Derby, uh, though it is back in Dallas's field. And Houston has continued to struggle. Never really got uh, back on their feet to find a good replacement for AJ De La Garza, and just misfires between Minotas and Kyoto and uh, Elise up up top. And I think it's all kind of been down to Martinez as well. We were talking before the show, and I just made the comment, is he really the creative playmaker that they need to succeed? I think that answer is no, or at least it's not panning out to be that for them. So nothing here is is really great. I think there's definitely a lot of rotation risk, especially in that first game, like Mike mentioned. I agreed. Then even in that second game, they may not go out completely. They've got to do something for the, the Texas Derby. But Open Cup is coming up right around the corner about a month away from them. So everyone's going to want to be 100% for that because that's where they're going to get their success for sure. Fantasy picks, none. Don't pick Houston. <laughs> Phil, moving on to you. Unless you want to – I'll give you a chance. Phil, you want to throw anything in here? This is this is right in your backyard. Don't pick Houston. They're Don't pick Houston. Their butts kicked in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil, let's keep you going. Uh, DC United uh, versus Philadelphia and then versus Atlanta, double home game. This is your double home game um, team this week, and um, they're really in good form. And um, I don't know, with all these home games, they're really getting back on track and fighting for the playoff spot, so they're highly motivated too. Um, In goal, we've got Hamid. He's uh, um, a dollar less than Robles, who seems to be the other obvious choice. Um, so if you're going for the lesser expensive option, then Hamid would be good at $7. Um, their defenders don't really stand out, although they are budget options. Um, Burn Bomb's the most expensive at 6.3. Um, I think there's probably better options this week at defender, but you could look here for a budget option. Um, their attack is where I'm looking at with um, Luciano Acosta and Wayne Rooney, both being players I think you want on your team this week. They are expensive. 10 million and 10.8 million, but I don't think you can pass them up. And then I was looking at um, some, you know, on double game weeks, sometimes we look at uh, more defensive midfielders that are going to play the full uh, 180 and get you um, just a solid floor. And I think Russell Canoose is that player here. Um, his average looks low in 
the game, but that's because he was coming back from injury and only played a few minutes in three matches. And I really think he could get probably 10 points this week, either something like a five and five or a six and four um, for a solid high floor player at 6.3. Mike, back to you, Philadelphia. Uh, they are at DC and then at Orlando, another double away team. Yeah, um, and it's getting disappointing because Philly's on pretty good uh, form. Um, you have a lot of really decent options here, especially some of your budget picks. Uh, I kind of use some Philly players to kind of round out um, my squad. Uh, probably the first name that comes to mind is Doshko. Um, he's been a little inconsistent for me uh, as far as like kind of the premium players because he's up to uh, 10.9, which is a little bit pricey. But I mean, his last few, his last five are 10, 3, 6, 14, and 5. So he kind of up and down, but you know, he does get a game against the Orlando defense. So that's something I am interested in. And he was subbed off a little bit early. So I'm hoping that he can uh, play. Now, I will warn you on him. Um, last double game week, uh, he didn't, he only played 23 minutes in the second game. So I don't know if he's a full 180 guy. So something to be aware of. So if you're not kind of put off by that, uh, um got 11 points last week. He's been very, very consistent. Uh, I think for a double game week, he's a really great option. Uh, Burke, obviously, up top. He's been scoring all of their goals, so he's really good um, for a forward, and he, he's on the cheaper side, too. I think he's eight-something. Uh, and then on the back line, there are a number of good options. Rosenberry and Elliott uh, have put up double digits in two out of the past three games. Uh, and they got a clean sheet in the game in the middle against New York City. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what they can do on the road. Um, it's a tough test, but, I mean, neither D.C. or Orlando are so scary offensively that I think you can't go with them even though they have double game away games. So, obviously, with double away games, you're probably looking at some other teams first, but if you're like me, you're, you probably have $115 million in, the, in your budget. You still have to make some budget decisions. Philadelphia is the place to look for that this week, I think. All right, next thing we have is San Jose, uh, who are home versus Dallas, and then travel all the way up for a rematch with Vancouver. Uh, again, so I just took these teams from Blaine, and it just worked out. They're both the same. Don't pick San Jose. That's that's my lesson from the beginning of the show, and it's the advice now. Uh, home game to Dallas. I can't really trust San Jose, even at home. Likely probably be their best result, but um, – I still don't trust them against Dallas. I'm not sure if Dallas will do much on the road. Phil, you can maybe weigh in here as well. Perhaps save a little bit more for that that home game, the final against Houston. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I don't like that matchup enough for San Jose. Hate it against Vancouver. Just saw what happened when they hosted San hosted Vancouver and they came back with that three two win. I don't think they're going to have a much better result up at Vancouver. Maybe they'll swap it around and, and they'll win three to two. Just goes back to showing you how inconsistent and unreliable they are from a fantasy point of view. So do not want, do not want hard pass on San Jose. Rotation risks. Uh, I don't want them. So I don't I don't think there's really much to consider right there. But again, they are traveling very far. They may keep some of their marquee players back at home to play and then let them rest going to Vancouver, just saying that's a lost cause. Don't like it. I don't want it. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Phil, your Dallas right here. Let's get your take on this game. Uh, traveling to San Jose and then back home hosting Houston. Uh, just looking at the betting market, we're very slight favorites at San Jose. Um, but it's also projected to be a low-scoring game. So I was uh, looking at Dallas defense. 
Um, in goal, we had Maurer start the last two games, um, but he didn't look entirely convincing. Um, so I think there's a possibility of switching back to Jesse Gonzalez at some point. Um, this is something that uh, Prey has done in years past as go back and forth between Jesse and the uh, backup goalkeeper sites and now Maurer. Um, so I would not pick a uh, Dallas goalkeeper, even though it looks enticing because they're um, budget options. Um, the, there's a question on Reto Ziegler's health and I just got an update. Um, third degree was at training today and they just posted their column. It says that Reto Ziegler is working on the side. He's jogging and doing recovery rehab work. They say that if it were a playoff elimination game, then he would play. But for now, he's probably going to get the week off. Um, same with Lama. Lama's rehabbing. And Santiago Mascara it ha he has a hamstring injury, and he's not ready to play either. So seems to me that we'll play Barrios and Aranguiz on the wings, um, Baji up top, and Aruti in a withdrawn forward position. Um, so um, those are the players you're going to want to look at. Um, for defense, since Ziegler's not going, that would be Figueroa filling in. He's $6 million and he tends to score well when he plays. So I think that could be a nice option. All right, Mike, Portland. They are hosting Toronto and then traveling out to New England. Part of my difficulty in thinking about Portland this week is trying to figure out what Toronto we get. Um, if Giovinco and Vasquez kind of take that off, to kind of recuperate and not play on the turf. Uh, I think Portland can have some success. Um, the real question for me with Portland is, I mean, they've been on a slide uh, and part of who's gone down in the slide has been Diego, uh, Diego Valeri, but Valeri, um, he's really gone down. He's got, I mean, he had two, two, and then this week he had six. Um, obviously there were more opportunities for assists this past week, but you know, you know, a premium guy, you kind of want more. But then again, he's, they're at home, and if Toronto rotates, that could be a really good matchup. And then a cross-country matchup on short rest against New England, it's not the best of matchups. Um, but, they're I mean, there would be some – What's that? They're used to the turf. Yeah, I mean, they're used to the turf, but it's still it's bad turf. And I'm, I'm, I would be more concerned about the short rest plus the cross-country turf uh, – cross-country yeah. – yeah, I mean, New England's turf is the worst turf of anybody, even for, for Portland. Um, you know, so I mean, obviously, Valeri's gonna play. I think he's probably 120, especially since they got knocked out of the playoff spots, uh, this past week. But how, how productive he's gonna be, I'm not so sure. Plus, you're looking at a price risk. I mean, I think the only person I would look at from Portland is Diego Valeri. Um, maybe Valentin on the back line if you think if you know if Toronto rotates a whole lot, uh, and you think there's a clean sheet opportunity there since they've been good defensively in the past. But I think that's about, um, all that I would go for Portland. And finally, Phil, talk about Toronto at Portland and then LAFC. I'm glad you gave me Toronto. Toronto is my Eastern Conference team. There we go. Because, uh, my client is in Ontario, and so I'm traveling there about every three months. Nice. And I've been there three times. I went last November for the Eastern Conference final against Columbus. And then I was just there um, this past week when they played Vancouver in the Canadian Championship final. Oh, fun. So I've been to two games, two championships. <laughs> um, this last time I actually went to the supporters bar ahead of time and I met up with the Red Patch Boys and they were awesome. They gave me a Red Patch Boys scarf and they told me to sit in their section and they taught me some new chants. 
And um, so my favorite one was Josie Altador. You know he's gonna score. We'll go wild, wild, wild. <laughs> Very nice. So Very I wanted to give a shout out to the Red Patch Boys. They were great. <laughs> Love those guys. Um, well, Mike is scaring me. I wanted to pick uh, Vasquez and Giovinco, and uh, now you're telling me they might not play. So I'm, I'm scared. I don't know. I guess the other player to pick would be Michael Bradley, but he's 10 million. That's expensive. But I guess you're you're paying for the confidence that he's going to play the whole time and has a high floor. Um, so I would, I guess Michael Bradley is a player to choose. Um, on the back line, they're going at Portland and then home against LAFC. These are two of the highest scoring teams in the league. Um, so somebody like Justin Morrow at 6.5 would be a play, but that's kind of scary and seems kind of risky. Um, so I guess I'm going to watch the lineup because I really want to play Giovinco for a double game week, but I just, I'm not sure now. Well, here's a question for both of you guys in the weigh in on are there enough games left for Toronto being right there on the bubble where they could afford to not really go all in for something like this? No, I don't think it's a matter of not going all in. I think it's a matter of managing injuries because if they have Giovinco or Vasquez injure themselves even further, they're out because they have a tough schedule. Yeah. Um, and the game at Portland traveling is not a likely victory anyway. So you can go in there bunker and get a draw and save your resources for later on rather than risk your guys. I mean, they're in a dire spot, but I don't, I don't think they're quite so dire that they need, because I mean, quite frankly, like they're already in CCL next year. So why are you going to risk Vasquez and Giovinco to maybe get injured and miss CCL action next year? You know, like I, I think they're really thinking that long term. Um, and they also, we didn't talk about it, but you know the guy I feel saying about Josie Altador is coming back this week. So I could see them sitting Giovinco for this week yeah. and having Josie Altador kind of play as in in a more defensive stance, which has been really frustrating Portland the past few weeks, and then just hoof it to Josie and see what he can do with maybe Osorio, um, kind of almost playing it as a two man formation up there, and you know. Josie is the target man and then kick it to Osorio and see if he can't do something with it. I could see something like that happening for TFC at Portland this week. Yep. Josie's suspension is over, right? He'll be playing. Yes. Okay. He's still in red on the uh, site. So that's a, uh, that's a uh, fake now it's actually over. Yeah. 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 The, the site for some reason takes a while to update. Usually until the new disciplinary summary is done, which is usually not until the day before the games actually start. Or like for four reasons hours that I could game start. <laughs> it, I mean, if you're lucky, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's been an hour. Few few times they've actually missed that deadline. It's it's been pretty bad this year. Although That's was it last week? Was it last week where they did it the week like on Monday, like in the morning, like yeah, a normal like professional so team? I know. Like, I mean, I think uh, was was it Ben Lyon who posted it on the Reddit forum? It was like oh, amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's in Hallelujah. first place in the entire game right now. He's doing really well. I know. He's been yeah. smoking. He, he's still in first have, place? Yeah. We're going to have the, the winner for the spring season on next week on the show. So oh, nice. try to get Ben on here sometime as well. So lots of great community people. Get a part yeah. of it. Great yeah. community. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, well, so the the follow up question I have then, if you're worried about someone like Gio or Vasquez or or some of these other people at, on the Red Bulls, you you don't have a lot of time to really dally of getting these players on your team because of that double game week. So that's going to leave you potentially going with single game week players if you're not confident in those double game week players, unless you're just going to go with them as your single game week and say that's okay. Are there any single game week players or teams that you guys want to highlight that could be potential replacements for these double game week players if they have rotations? Open question to both of you. I don't see any killer single game week matchups. Um, the closest it gets would be Vancouver versus San Jose. Maybe a Kai Kamara at forward if Giovinco's injured. But I think I'd rather have uh, Burke um, if I'm going to downgrade Giovinco. I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that. I, I would also point out RSL at home against the LA Galaxy. Um, depending on whether the Galaxy get their players back healthy, I still think that's a good matchup for RSL. And RSL been pretty hot the past few weeks, so maybe ride a hand there. But um, They're expensive, though. Yeah. Rustnick's 10.3. That's who I would pick with a weekend uh, central midfield for LA. Um, but – I would spend that 10.3 elsewhere. I mean, maybe just go Atlanta United and be like, you know what? Joseph Martinez is going to score anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's – yeah, because, I mean, like New York City's on the road at Columbus. That's not a great matchup. I mean, your home teams are Montreal, New England, Orlando, Orlando, um, Seattle against Sporting Kansas City, which, I mean, that will be a good game, but I don't see a whole lot of fantasy production there uh, because those are both good defenses when they have a mind to it um lafc's on the road we mentioned new england as a a bubble team anybody from there nope Nope. no not not against portland because i mean like phil pointed out they play on turf too so i mean they're very good defensively so i wouldn't expect a whole lot of points there you know speaking of turf uh, you mentioned la galaxy with real salt lake Rio Tendo does not have turf. They have good old Kentucky bluegrass. But uh, there was that interview recently with Slatan. I think it was there with with Taylor Twelman, where he was saying that he does not play on turf. So period, right there, keeping an eye on LA Galaxy. However, he will if oh, they yeah. make it to the playoffs for those, those big important games. So he will dominate if they make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He will just <laughs> he'll do Slatan things. Mm, like okay. So yeah, definitely LA Galaxy. Any turf games, watch out for the big man right there. Speaking of turf, did y'all see the interview with Giovinco where he blasted BMO Field? Yeah. Say, like, we get a player hurt every week on this stuff? He did that a couple years ago, too. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. like it. Bluegrass so so maybe he'd be more rather to play in Portland than BMO. <laughs> maybe I have that backwards. It's um, The Argonauts are in season for uh, Canadian football, and so apparently they sand the field. Um, so it's more durable for the Canadian football games. Mm. And that's what he's complaining about. Is that his gotcha. flip in the sand? Just I wonder. I wonder if they're going to do that to StubHub. Do they do that to StubHub with the Chargers there now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was so weird watching the Saints play a preseason game with soccer lines on the field yeah. <laughs> this past week. We've gone full circle. That's what it is. We've gone full circle now. Yes. Uh, well, guys, nothing it. for single game week. So let's move on to player picks. I will give an apology right now. I clearly had an error when i was trying to upload my picture for the chalkboard last week uh thought i linked it but apparently did not link it and did not notice after i sent that tweet so apologies for that technical snafu with getting the round 26 chalkboard posted my bad i'll make sure that does not happen 
this week. So, guys, who are you looking at? I think I know for your keepers. Mike. Uh, I have Robles. Phil. I mean, what I figured you'd go with. Uh, defenders. Mike. Uh, I have Fisher, Parker, and Pedroso. Uh, and I also have Dalamea on the bench. Phil. Uh, I've got minor Figueroa because um, I don't think Siegler is going to play. Um, then I've got Jack Elliott, and I've got Justin Morrow. All right, uh, Phil, midfield. Uh, I want Luciano Costa uh, on a double game week. I want uh, Valeri on a double game week. Um, I really want Royer, um, but I would settle for Kaku as well. And then I really need a budget option here, so I picked Canoose to fill in at 6.3. Mike? Uh, I have Barrios, Kaku, Lucho Costa, and Valeri. Okay. And uh, Mike, your forwards. Of course, I hit something and then I had to go back. Uh, I have Burke and Rooney on the field, and I have um, Josie right now on the bench. Bill? I've got Rooney, BWP, and I got Giovinco, but I would downgrade to Burke or Josie. Captains, Phil? Uh, well, I had Giovinco, but now probably not. Um, <laughs> Look at you, Mike, sowing just doubt to everyone. That's oh. what I do. I don't know, man. So fear um, and doubt. BWP or Rooney? I don't know. I haven't decided. Mike, uh, can you help Phil out? Who's your Who's yours? Honestly, no. I have it as Kaku, but I'm also fearful. We'll We'll see where that that goes. He did get subbed off a little bit, so uh, mostly it's. I mean, I mean, I think Phil's probably in the same boat as me. Whereas I just want to see that Red Bulls lineup, and yeah. if they're putting out an A plus lineup that game. I'm going to say screw it. Montreal's land yap and just take the <laughs> yeah. take the beating. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I, I seem to remember seeing something like vaguely, but it yeah. it unfortunately Portland's injury reports haven't been as good this year as in years past. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but well, um, I guess it's Gio Savarese just kind of locking down. Uh, I think that's probably a jet. I think Gio Savarese is basically locked down the injury report, so we don't get the same kind of injury reporting we did last year under Porter. That, and that's the last game on Wednesday night, so it's going to be tricky. Although I guess uh, San Jose FC Dallas is at the same kickoff time where you could maybe swap in some Dallas players. But it's like if you want Toronto or Portland players, that's the last game, and then you're going to be stuck if they decide to rotate. So that's going to be tricky. I mean, unless you have Red Bulls players like on the bench or like Red Bulls or DC United defenders on the bench – and then you could just scrub them out if they they yeah. don't play. Hey, that's true. Throw them to Minnesota or Chicago players. Yeah, that would be your best bet. And then just try to use your transferees on the single game week team. Uh, clean sheet picks, guys. Finally, uh, Phil. Um, DC at home against Philly. Um, New York when they travel to Montreal, or against a weakened Houston team. Um, who else? I think that's really about it. Mike? Uh, I, I kind of have this feeling of like Portland, New England being like an ugly nil-nil. <laughs> so clean sheets for both of them. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I think your general defender picks for this double game week are from New York and D.C. Well, not New York, New York Red Bulls. The New Jersey. Of course. Go back to New Jersey. 
Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Thank you so much for those uh, game breakdowns and player recommendations for this big double game week that we have coming up uh, starting on Wednesday at eight o'clock. So be sure everyone that you get your teams and lineup set and watch those rosters that these guys have mentioned multiple times. Uh, winding things down with our community time, the hosts head to head league. Uh, pretty, pretty good week for us, even though it was slow for MLS. Lots of tight games in the host league right there. Top score. Goes to Kyle again. He's tearing it up uh, right now with 107 points for him. Uh, he did apologize. His article will likely not come out this week with his XG numbers. He had some vicious malware on his – words are hard. Vicious malware. There we go. On his computer. And he's had to completely reformat that and uh, rebuild from scratch. And so he's got to rebuild his code because he does not think he has that saved anywhere, which is a good lesson learned for him, but he hopes to have his XG numbers back next week if he can't get it out for uh, this Wednesday deadline. Uh, I myself had, like I said, 100 points at the top of the show, which was good enough for a one-point victory for me. So uh, 99 to 100 is a, a win is a win, so I'll take that one. Uh, Tim, on our show last week, he had a pretty good win for himself right there. Mike, tough loss, though. Yeah, um, it's been a few tough losses for me uh, this head-to-head -head round, so... Oh, well. <laughs> Phil, though, you had a solid... Maybe if I could sneak into those playoffs, that's all that matters. It's always there. That's that's, a, that's the greatness of the system. It's You just, just want to sneak into the playoffs and knock you out again. That's, that's right. That's sneak into the playoffs <laughs> and ruin it for me. Yeah, you're just going to let Ivan win again. and we it's, it's just not right. It's just not right. Wait, I don't think I let Ivan win. I think someone else let Ivan win. Older goaler let Ivan win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil, though, you got a good win. Tied in four-way tie for first place now. Yeah, I haven't been uh, taking it as seriously as I should have been because I'm building this battle bot. But now I see I'm in tied for first place, and uh, hey, I'm going to go for it this time. I ask, are you sneaking any little bit of FC Dallas into the battle bot, like a little sticker someplace or, or anything? <laughs> um, Color scheme? At the last competition, I had my FC Dallas hat on. So, okay, that works. Yeah, we have we definitely have a red bot, so I guess I am subconsciously. Say that. We'll, we'll say it is that way. Uh, yeah, so it's a great all four of us. Kyle, myself, Matt Pollard, who will be on the show in a week or two, and uh, Phil, all tied for first place with a record of 4-0-0, uh, just point differentials that are separate. Oh, Mike, you're going down next week. I was about to say, I was like, you're taking it more seriously now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an end to that uh, undefeated streak right now. Look at this. Uh, I think also Weedy lost, so there we go. Um, that's it for the show tonight. Moving on to our plugs, Phil. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. appreciate it. Um, American Soccer Analysis has a ton of good articles out right now. I do. Um, so go read up on those. Um, I shout out to my Red Patch boys. Um, Dallas Beer Guardians, we had a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay when we played Minnesota last week. And um, El Matador, Lone Star Legion, um, Dallas Beer Guardians, everyone stuck around in the end. And um, it after it came back on, we had a great time. So it was uh, really awesome that everybody stuck around and was really loud uh, when the game came back on. So that was cool. Mike. Uh, at MLS injury news. Um, the more y'all send me, the more I can do it. Um, I know Phil helps me out a lot with that. Um, and yeah, if you see someone come off early or get news tweeted at me, especially with these internet and national call-ups, um, MLS's record of getting that information organized is very spotty. So if you can get it to me, if you see players on your teams, we'll get it out there because 
it'll be a headache either next week or the week after that trying to keep track if we don't get it done. So uh, send it to me at MLS Injury News. Appreciate your help. And, of course, you can catch all my stuff over at MLSFantasyBoss.com where I've got uh, the uh, spreadsheets I keep ready to get posted for the form charts and the ELOs ready to, to go. So that will be posted tonight or tomorrow along with the podcast. I also have an article over at MLSSoccer.com with my weekly player recommendations. goes along with uh, Skyler's rankings, so help get some ideas right there. And check out the, the weekly uh, Q&A thread that pops up at MLS Twitter, uh, at MLS Fantasy. Skyler usually runs that, but it's a great way to shoot off some of your ideas. But my favorite place to shoot off ideas at is over at r slash fantasy MLS because there is our – uh, weekly rate my team thread, just lots of discussion going back and forth and the postings from websites that have tips, just general questions that people post on there. It's a great community to be a part of. You can also head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com to the Discord chat in the side. It's free to join. Just make an account with Discord. You can just join right there in the, the built-in widget there on the side and chat with some of the best players. Ben Lyon, uh, Calvin, who's been on the show before, Black and Red, lots of guys who are there who are past winners or, or top 10 finishers who can really give you some good advice uh, at the last minute when you're trying to decide between those last few players. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and good luck. Great. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to get to editing this thing, guys, and I'll get it posted tonight. I'm uh, getting to laser cutting uh, some armor for my bot. <laughs> that, that sounds awesome. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm going to go end the podcast. Phil's going to go laser cut armor.